So I have a few questions here. Thank you for your questions and comments. I, I do uh, look at them and I value getting some comments because although I see some names on the screen, I see some faces, it's uh, the interaction is minimal. So it's to feel there's some real people there who are responding and bringing their lives into contact. It certainly uh, gives a certain enriching quality and also gives me something specific to to address. So thank you for your questions and comments. So one of these questions which we'll start with is about the asava in relationship to chitta. And so these terms are linked together and particularly the expression is when the asava are finished, the chitta is liberated. Kinasava, the asava has terminated. Jitta is liberated through the termination of the asava. So let's translate that into English, or we can, as best we can. Asava refers to a kind of disease, or corruption. And uh, it's apparently associated with a disease that trees used to get, where they start to break open and they're sap would come oozing out <laughs> quite graphic <laughs> and uh, so the asava can either be seen as that which invades the tree or it could be the scene as the, the tree leaking its juice <laughs> leaking its sap so it's bleeding you could say uh, and so both of these are useful um, impressions to have to understand what what's occurring. The chitta, your heart, your awareness, your sensitivity is invaded by some corrupting influence and it starts to leak and 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 flood and its energies and its its composure dissipates. Um, and there are three asava. First is called the asava of ignorance, or seeing things wrongly. So this really affects everything. And uh, in seeing things wrongly or ignorance means the citta believes that it belongs to this manifest sensory mental psychological it believes it belongs to this I'm in this this is where I am uh, and this is such a profound uh, influence that few of us ever doubt that that we are in this yeah. I am sort of aware in this body I am in this room I am living at this time of day in this country. This seems so true. And yet when you begin to examine, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, who's in this body? Which part of the body? The whole body? Um, the body, as you experience it, is constantly changing. The visual appearance, the bodily experience in the body is a 
sensations and pulses that are continually shifting and you can be aware of them you can notice them and also you can completely ignore them so clearly these arise but to say this is fundamentally where you are is is a mistake and similarly even more obviously we look around we say in a room well if you take the walls down you haven't moved anywhere where's the room yeah and you might live in a country say i live in switzerland or something and then well you know where does switzerland become france it's just purely a, a conventional border isn't it you, you know you're on the planet and, and where you choose to put the boundaries of that is up to you you could say you live in europe or you could say you live on the planet earth or you could say you live in zurich or you could say you live in this street or this house or this room and those are just creating boundaries around something that has no boundary you know? so what are we in we experience ourselves surrounded by or seemingly in contact with a world of visual consciousness auditory consciousness tactile consciousness and and so on uh, but when you're say just even with your eyes you know can you see objects yeah the object it's out there isn't it so if it's out there you're not in it are you you know is it inside you the object no it's out there how do you see it um, you experience a kind of feeling or a perception that arises from that visual thing that visual object but the visual object's not in you if you close your eyes it disappears so you close your eyes you're no longer in visual consciousness right Similarly, hearing, all these other consciousnesses, you can, you can close them or you can turn in another, another direction. Yeah. Yeah. The consciousness, and the most difficult consciousness, of course, is the mental consciousness, the thinking mind, which keeps arranging everything. And we seem very much to be in that. Until you begin to practice quietening your thoughts, calming your thoughts and you see thoughts are no longer a solid wall but they're momentary flutters and momentary processes momentary phenomena passing through so it's not very solid is it so but the ignorance thinks yeah, I'm in this country, this room, I'm in this body, I'm, yeah. That's the way it appears until you begin to examine it. Now, the second asava is the asava of sensuality, which means there's a strong push. The chitta pushes out towards sights and sounds, seeking happiness seeking security in sights, sounds, touches, or a mixture of them. If I get the right flavour, the right odour, the right visual thing, the right kind of physical contact, 
I'll be okay. And of course, it never quite works. It's not stable and it's not satisfying. But the jitta continually looks around in that realm for something or mixture that will make it feel stable and contented. And that's a strong impression. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't work because the jitta actually isn't in the sense realm. It keeps trying to get into it because it's searching for a quality called happiness. But a sight is not happy, a sound is not happy. Happiness is in your own heart, in your own chitta. It's not in the sight or the sound, is it? Uh, so this kind of pressure to move out. And we can also recognise that there are certain ways in which we release ourselves or are no longer so engaged with sense, the sense world for example, when we have a sense of conscience and concern, morality, well, that's a real thing. That disturbs me. Yeah. Morality is not something you can see or touch or taste. It's not an idea. It's a heart experience. Right? And with that, we're no longer so concerned about the sense realm or attraction to it. We just want to live in a balanced, composed way. So the jitta can step back from the sense realm. There's a way in which it can not be so dominated by this asama. But if it is dominated by it, then it's constantly seeking and quarrelling and trying to find a place in the sense world. And it doesn't actually, can't find a place. The third asava is called the asava of becoming this is not a very easy translation, but the Pali word is bhava, and it means continuity. I will exist, I was, I will be in the future. Yeah. What will I be in the future? I'm concerned about what I'll be in the future. What will happen to me in the future, I don't know, and I feel anxious. Or I'm very eager for the future. I have a great idea, something I want to do in the future. And uh, the past, I have regret for the past. I have a sense of nostalgia and fondness for the past. Where is this stuff? Where is this future? Where is this past? It's a mental construction, isn't it? It's actually, there is no real future. There's the anticipation and the future, and there's the memory. Anticipation happens now, memory happens now. They create the future. Yeah. But the inclination is to... You know, I am a person who moves through time. I'm a person who moves through time. I was, I am, I will be. But actually, more true is the matter that time is an experience that moves my chitta. It's that anticipation and memory and that searching to make 
it stable and satisfactory and it's not stable or or satisfactory and you can't find yourself in it so this is these asava and uh, they constantly throw the chitta off balance into this state of restless dissatisfaction we call samsara so that's the asava so you can meditate on a sense consciousness this is this is a visual experience rather than go into the details just look at visual consciousness is there and there it is you know it's uh, uh, and you don't have to go into it and also see how the visual consciousness gives you the sense of being here and that's there but actually if you close your eyes you know, there's no there so there's no there where is here yeah. so I'm looking at something that's one meter away three feet away I can say yeah, that's three feet away from me I'm here but if you close your eyes there's no location there's no sense of location so all these you see this is the illusion of consciousness it generates a sense of space yeah, and it generates a sense of time and chitta feels trapped in that this is the world of death and wandering on so the theme is to release the chitta from the asava by stabilizing chitta in its own presence so for example morality is not a matter of time or place loving kindness is not a matter of time or place yeah composure and calm and samadhi is not a matter of time and place and when the jitta abides in ethical concern in loving kindness and in samadhi this is when it begins to settle because it's settling into itself so with a disengagement from the asava the jitta settles quietens and is liberated of course take some work you've got some powerful instincts these asava are very powerful floods they're not decisions they're irrational floods rather like a disease you don't decide to have it it just happens and uh, uh, you know you just got to look out for the symptoms because you don't sometimes you don't even realize it and when you're getting embedded so that the world is running you the world of time and place is running you then you know you're stuck it's time to step back into jitta to bring it back into itself find some composure a woman is asking about um, nagging sense there's something wrong with me i haven't settled into a relationship i don't have children i'm getting old i'm on my own i don't fit in 
So with these feelings, I keep sensing a pain in my chest, trying to give it all space. Um, and then as I do as I do that, I get a sense that all these feelings and energies and attitudes of not fitting and so forth and something wrong with me, they're not mine. I've got a sense I'm in an energy field of the family, picking up on sankharas, mental formations, psychological forms, attitudes, um, behaviours and so forth, that resonate with the tendencies in my conditioning. When I realise this is not me, the feelings lose their grip and I align with Buddha Dharma Sangha. So, though the woman feels she really appreciates meditation, um, I don't find myself aligning with any particular practices or cultivating particular states. I often lack discipline in practice. So, the person is asking about that and very much appreciates support from the monasteries and in fact is considering maybe seeking ordination. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is the chitta doesn't fit into this world. With a bit of pressure, you can try to make it fit. With a bit of pressure, with a bit of drive, and with a bit of desire, and you can make, you can get in there but if you relax it you see it just doesn't fit into into this daily thing we call the world <laughs> and you have to learn to relate to it now in terms of particular practices it's like feeding a horse or a cat or a dog you can't force it you have to find out what kind of food it eats and uh, and ask it if it's hungry. It seems to me that yours is hungry. It's hungry for some stability and some sense of self-respect and some sense of purpose. So very much get your intention right. This is what my mind is interested in. Okay. So then see how from that intention coming into your where you are right now, your body, your thoughts, your mind, with the intention, with that intention to find some uh, stability and then see what your mind picks up, see what your attention is drawn to. You might start off with just simply feeling your body being present and uh, then generate a quality of receptivity, goodwill. Um, because of the distracting nature of our conditioning, most of us need some discipline, and if you can't do it on your own, you need to have an outside reference to help support that, you know, either a monastery or a dharma centre, or friends who can you know, be with them, uh, and a sense of that that helps to create the discipline. Uh, within that, you 
searching for what, what actually my jitta pick up in its search for meaning and truth. So another person is asking about Kalyanamitta as being important. <laughs> the Buddha stresses the importance of it. Many of us do not live in Dharma communities where we have ready access and support to Kalyanamitta. Wonder if you can speak to ways we might be able to attune to Kalyana, Kalyana as a meditative and life practice. Well, you know, I think, it, 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 you know, at the time of the Buddha, they didn't, communities were quite rare. People would often be, monks and nuns would often be off on their own, ones and twos, a lot of time spent in solitude. So I think one can imagine being, if you're in lay life, that, you know, in monastic communities, we're all really, you know, swinging along together and really cosy and talking on Dhamma and getting a lot of support from each other personally and that isn't the case. Uh, there's a lot of solitude, a lot of silence, a lot of space uh, but <laughs> uh, often your Kalyanamita is your sense of um, respect and your sense of common values and whether a person is physically present or not physically present uh, that's additional but to internalize your Kalyanamita so you attend to admirable qualities and particularly any that you remember any other person modeling so you might have seen or heard or encountered so you, you remember those this is the function of sati you remember the skillful deeds, acts, generosities, kindness that have been shown, and you remember and you linger with those. So you build up this perceptual field of Kalyanamita. Um, the Buddha himself was moving around a lot. Perhaps if you're a monk or a nun, you might only see him once or twice in your life, you didn't know where he was going. Um, same with some of these forest ajans, you know, you are lucky to catch hold of them. They might come through for a few days and they're off. Yeah. And the idea is, well, you know, you have to pick up the impression, the memory, the image, and linger in that. Uh, yeah. But nowadays, so often you can do a video of a monk or a nun or something. Um, and that does help. Now, I think that the most precious thing is when you can have a Dharma discussion, Dharma talk, Dharma interview, then this is a precious opportunity, of course. But, um, you know, that may happen now and then. And it may be relatively simple. It's not necessarily esoteric topics it's just whenever a person speaks from their heart and you listen you have Kalyanamita when you speak from your heart and somebody listens that's Kalyanamita you get that moment of ah 
we are connected in truth. Even if it's a very simple truth. Okay, so we'll move on. Person's asking about her neck and head feel quite separate when she's doing mindfulness of the body, feeling internally the body, so you you get the internal impression, there's this sense of a chest here and a throat. As you realize it's kind of like disconnected, broken off or something. So what to do about that? And particularly as this seems to be connected, linked to her thinking processes, or I think it's a woman, it might be a man, this person's thinking processes seem to be cut off from his or her sense of sensitivity and responsiveness. That's the head has got its own world it's living in, which is different from the world of the body and the heart. <laughs> and so that's both psychologically even somatic, and uh, I would suggest that's not uncommon. <laughs> because of our, uh, particularly our, our lifestyle these days, a lot of energy goes into the head, into thinking, and the body is ignored, you know. When we're busy, we're up in our heads, a lot of energy here, you're barely aware of the body much at all. You know? If you're walking, you've got the idea of where you're going, you're hardly aware of your feet, or your body, just as long as it keeps going, you, that's all you know about it. So there's an extreme unbalance, you know, lack of balance between the, the head and the rest of the body. And that manifests as over intense thinking and loss of sensitivity. You know, and this is the story of the urban uh, lifestyle, and that we're now, you know, Dealing with abstractions, screens, ideas, future, past. None of these have an embodied reality to them. But this is where most of us, well, people live in this abstract world. So, a couple of things. First thing is you learn to sweep your attention from the sensations in your chest or your throat up into your head. Sweep it slowly up and down and see if, is there any place where it stops? Is there any place where there's a tension or a break? If it's, that's the case, you bring your awareness there and expand your awareness till you find the place where you can feel things. You can feel your chin or your jaw, and you can feel your throat. And just linger there, building up more sensitivity around this particular area. Then you can sweep move your awareness around lightly if it feels tight or tense or numb. Second thing is with your thinking, learn to feel your thoughts. So we can think about da-da-da-da-da very fast and you might feel them, but oh, this is a fast thought, this is a busy thought, this is an urgent thought, uh, this is a happy thought, this is an excited thought. So you, you begin to feel the emotional undercurrent of your thinking. So then you can take the thinking back to the emotion that's driving it and then take the emotion back into, into the heart 
and then rest the heart in the body, feeling how your body is stimulated or activated by these emotions. So once you get back to emotion, then you can feel your body again. So you're beginning to form a connection between the thinking, the head, body and heart. And none of them are wrong, they're just when they're unbalanced, things go wrong. But if they come together, then, we, then things begin to settle properly and you find the right balance. Someone's asking about um, the technical points. Three terms for investigation. Vitaka Vichara, Dhamma Vijaya and Vimanksa. Well, Vitaka Vichara is not investigation, it's just the thinking process, which means that thinking places attention on something momentarily. Uh-huh, that, uh, and Vichara, how's it feel? So it's like thinking and sensing, just like you're placing your finger on something. So whenever you think of something like, uh, you know, Janice or a cat, you get a little picture of the cat and then, aha, uh -huh, that's that. So placing and sensing. There's no investigation. It's just a location. It's creating a perception, right? Now, Dhamma Vijaya is you exploring the quality of an experience. How does this feel? What is it doing? So exploring the qualities of experience. You know, is it sour? Is it defiled? Is it pure? How does it feel? So investigating qualities of experience. So the thoughts are thoughts, but there could be thoughts that are brutal, Thoughts that are uh, fickle, thoughts that are happy. This is, contains this quality. So you're penetrating the, the qualities, the ethical and the tonal and the jitter qualities that are present in, in, in phenomena. This is mental phenomena. Vimanksa refers to the process of analysis. So it's like, this is this, it's much more intellectual. Sampajana doesn't seem to appear in these factors. I don't know who created these lists of factors, but Sampajana is just, um, it's not really a separate factor. It's just that's what happens when there's mindfulness. It just means you see things clearly. Yeah. So if there's mindfulness, you see things directly, fully. And so it's an attribute of mindfulness. It's like, if I put my spectacles on, I see things clearly. So if I put my mindfulness on, I see things clearly. So that's Sampajanya. Seeing things directly, seeing, fully seeing things. Okay, well, I think we're coming to the end of our time. I realise you've all taken some time out of your day and you may have other things you want to do. Um, so I don't want to take up a lot more time. And maybe there's enough this time for you to think about, digest, take in, and make use of. So let's keep practicing, and I hope to see any of you who wish to. I hope to see you next week, next Saturday. <coughs>